temperature test him. He's been hot. Can you believe it? Eddie's back. Oh, hail Eddie. What about this from ball inside? 50, Cottrell! From nowhere! Cottrell from 45, directly in front. The Blues are up by a kicky test. Have a look at him. Back there for Cripps. Spins out of traffic. Through one. Pass another. Jones his class. Gets it back from Betts. G'day Blue Baggers and welcome to the Blues Footy Podcast. Your host Jed Zetzer here with my co-host Harrison Hyman's Bolt. Welcome to the show. How are we? Or do I dare even ask? Well, I think this is one of those shows where we just get straight to business. Hmm. But before we do so, we have to uh, we have to take a moment, Bolt, to just acknowledge the marvellous career of Mark Murphy. Yep. Which has finished on 300 games and... Tell you what, despite the result yesterday, I thought Murph played a really, really good game to end his career, and it was a fitting end with 24 disposals, five tackles, four marks, three clearances, four inside 50s, and three score involvements. He was involved all around the ground, started really well, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very happy that he went out like that, opposed to going out you know, with a handful of touches and not much impact. The fact that he went out playing well, that's what the true champions do, Bolt. Yeah, no, I guess it was a little bit... I guess it was nice, but um, yeah, it was just... It was a very tough game to get involved in, I guess, after halftime. But um, it's definitely sad, you know, what a player, what a warrior for us. You know, I think there's a, some false perception out in the wider AFL community and even amongst the Carlson community that he was, you know... Maybe a tad soft or, you know, wasn't a great leader, but he was a tremendous captain for a very long time in a big transition phase for the club post-Chris Judd. Um, and, you know, and, you know, his standard, you know, for the best part of 12, 13 years has been very, very strong. You know, he won a best and fairest four years ago. So, mm. you know, no, nah, what a player for us. And it's the end of an era, I guess, because it looks like Betts is going to be retiring this weekend as well, playing his 350th and out. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's very sad. It's the end of an era, but um, yeah, it's just, it's look, it's just I guess disgusting that that was the performance Mark Murphy bows out on, you know, as, as a team. Just shattering for him. I mean, it's not what you want. Oh, I was shattered for Murphy because that is just and and someone and you know what, in a performance like that, it almost just provides a complete full stop to the time he spent at Carlton because that just sums it up. Pathetic. Mm. No, you're right. You're right. I'm trying to find uh, someone tweeted. It was a really good tweet saying, like, how can you look Murphy in the eye after... Well, you, know, you, you couldn't. As, as a player. You couldn't because that was just embarrassing. Yeah, so it was Jason Scandizzo. He said, "How I don't understand how any player could look Murphy in the eye after that. I'm not sure how you could either. I mean... It was hapless. It was... We barely touched the ball in the last quarter. But just just quickly, before we get into it, just just to sum up Murph's career, yep. we'll just run through his accolades. So, he would have won the Rising Star in 06. Yeah. Would have won it, did his shoulder, didn't win it, but he did win the AFLPA Best First Year Player Award, even only playing half the games. Yep. So, he was that good. Um, was the AFL Coaches Association Champion of the Year in 2011. Which is a big award. It's a massive award. It's, it's massive, you know, know. The coaches deem him... Best by the coaches. Yep. Um, that same year, he was All-Australian. That same year, he won a John Nichols medal. And then in 2017, he won his second John Nichols medal. He also came second, was it six times? Four times. Four times. Which is an amazing effort as so well. So, he's in the top two six times. In a um, team with, you know, dominated by Judd at the start, Cripps at the end. Yep. So, he's... Yeah. So, he's, he's won... He's won a John Nichols medal in the same team as Judd. The year um, Judd was Brownlow favourite as well. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, and he was our captain 
our marvelous captain for six years. six years. Yeah, so just an illustrious career, um, and probably a player that we won't ever forget. I mean, he was for our childhoods at least. I mean, we were seven when he started, or eight or whatever. And yeah, thereabouts. Six, I don't yeah. Know. And he's he's basically carried us through our childhood. So no, this know. is definitely uh, a player that we will never forget. No, I know. I guess you grow up with that core group of Murphy and Juddy and Gibbs and Simo and you know Cruiser and you know Walker and Betts and those guys, and they're all gone. Which is nuts. It's uh yeah, it's certainly the end of an era. All right, Bolt Murph, unbelievable career. Let's move on to the game where it probably gets a little bit more nasty, more negative. Um, well, I mean, actually, you know what? Let's, can I start asking a question? Yeah. So I, I don't know if you saw, I put a poll out this morning I on our Twitter. Uh, and the poll was excluding Sam Walsh has Matt Kennedy been our best oh, player this. since coming into the side in round 14. Yep. Now it's had 400 votes so far as we sit here and record and 80% say yes. So, I, I voted. You voted yes? I voted no. You voted no. So, who's been better? Well, I just think Wiedering has been pretty faultless. Bar the Larky game. Mm. It's been very, very good as well. That's um, fair. Yeah. I voted no. I think Wiedering's probably the only answer. He's been could... the best outside of Wiedering and Walsh. Yeah. Oh, as in I'm saying if it's outside of Walsh, Wiedering's the only alternative to Matt Kennedy. Yeah, yeah. I... My phone's carked it this morning, so I can't look at it, but I've got like, our BNF votes on my phone and I was actually going to tally up average votes per game because Kennedy would almost be on the podium for average a game across wow, the season. Wow, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, he definitely would so be. So, when we get the phone up and running, we'll have a okay, look at that. That's interesting. Yeah, no. I mean, he's... So, I bring him up because he was, in my opinion, clearly our best on the day. He was um, good. Look, you read out the stats. He's had 28 at 70% efficiency. His kick to goal had six score involvements, eight marks, seven tackles, six clearances, three inside 50s and two rebound 50s. So that is like... No, he did impact. That, I is, thought that he impacted, is a complete game. I thought he impacted this week way better than last week because he tried to make things happen. He tried to get the play going. He was motoring up the ground a bit. Yeah. Um, and he was very noticeable yesterday, which was good. Um, and I thought Walsh, worked really hard as yeah, well, well yesterday. You know, you come to expect this from Walsh. He had the 30 and... I mean, he just, he doesn't stop. Um, you know, you're 175 points down and he's still working hard. Um, obviously, you know, just that's the There wasn't much outside of those two though. No, no, there wasn't. Uh, and, and I think Murph was probably, did he round out the top three on the ground for us? It's hard to know. I think Wiedering had the better of Dixon for most of the day until it just became complete one-way traffic. Mm. Um so, I think Wiedering could probably hold his head high. It was just, you know, t- yesterday was as dark as we've seen it for a long time. You know, that reson- that resembled a lot of the losses in 2018, where we were just we just fell over and were battered yeah. by 16 goals. Even like 2015. It was, yesterday was just, it was hideous. It was very difficult to watch. It was probably the first time this year, as in, I th- you know, that when I go to the footy, that during the game, I put my phone on aeroplane mode. Yeah. Um, yesterday was probably the first time this year I've actually I got the laptop out during the last quarter <laughs> I couldn't it was very hard to watch it was very hard to sit there and concentrate just counting down to the siren well I mean it was, we just weren't getting close to scoring at one point in that game no nah. and even we had some real like soda set shots just miss McGovern missed a couple yeah, shockers yeah I was going to say McGovern Kerno missed a couple shockers Levi did Levi and missed from 15 out I think Honey as well missed yeah, that Honey one in hit the, the goal post. square. So, but look, you know, no matter which league you're playing, no matter what standard you are, no matter what sport, to concede 19 majors in a row, that is probably the most alarming thing I've ever seen at Carlson. Nine, on, on field, 19 goals in a row. That's it's, not funny. It's, it's not even an onslaught. That is just a straight up... That's... That's the that's actually the epitome of boys versus men. You look at Adam Sider after the game. I mean, so what? Well, yeah. Let's talk. What was going on there? I mean, I'm not sure. It's you know, I guess just the the overall emotions of you know his first season at Carlton's wrapped up. I guess you know 
the emotion, you know, that's Murphy's last game, even though he hasn't played a lot with Murphy. And just, you know, we've been absolutely belted. We've been humiliated. The coach that poached him isn't going to have a job next week. I just think a lot of, you know, emotions would have been... It's probably reached tipping point for him, really. And I guess it's... You know, I, I don't mind saying that because it shows he cares, I guess. But, you know, Sardi wasn't great yesterday, but... You know, he's had. I think he's had a very fine season, Sard. I think he's had a pretty good season, to be completely honest. So, it that was shattering to see. It was just a, yesterday was just a mess. Like, imagine the scenes in the rooms after that game. Would have been a funeral. And you know, you've got we bring in two debutants to play yesterday, and like you come into that. Let's ask. What do you What do you think of? Uh, what did you think of? We'll start with Ken. Well, I brought up. That the last two times we've debuted someone against Port Adelaide at the Adelaide Oval, we've been smashed both times. And those two players were Nick Holman and Cam Polson, who were both very slight players and did next to nothing in their debuts. Um, Corey Durden yesterday probably played in the hardest position you can play in, in football. A forward, a young, slight forward pocket in a team that wasn't scoring, getting the ball forward. Mission impossible for Corey Durden. But I think when the ball was in his vicinity, he provi- definitely in the second quarter, he provided a lot of electricity, I thought. I thought he was buzzing around. You know, you could see him getting from contest to contest just to kind of, you know, apply some pressure. So, I, look, I, 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 Durden will probably play next week. As in does. they both will. They may as well. But I, I think Durden, you know, he definitely showed glimpses. Mission impossible. Impossible to, impossible to judge Corey Durden off yesterday. Yep. But no, I, I, I think there's not much more he could have done. Um. And then Kemp, to be completely honest, I didn't even see him in the screen half the time. I didn't see a lot of Brody Kemp on the TV. I didn't notice him a lot. But, you know, key defender in their first game, coming up against a four-headed monster up forward in the team that was just... It was uncontested footy coming in. It's, it's very That's difficult. Like, I think he probably conceded two goals, Kemp. And one of them, one of them on Georgiades, the one he kicked from the boundary line. I mean, yeah. there wasn't a whole heap that Kemp did wrong there. It was, it was just, oh, it was a baptism of fire. So it's very hard. I'm not gonna, you know, say anything bad about them because it's just too unfair. Um, but you know, I, I, I did see more from Durden yesterday for sure than Kemp. But once again, mission impossible for both of them. Yeah. So no, I agree. I thought, um, yeah. Well, the, yeah. Look, I thought it's so hard to judge him. Obviously, as you said. Um, but yeah, I think possibly, uh, possibly saw a little bit more from Durden, but look, you know, next week's another opportunity for them. You know, they come up against GWS at home and they'll be able to hit the preseason running a bit of confidence. They've got a couple games. They know the feel of it a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's not, not nice. It wasn't nice. Mm. Your boy, look, your boy's looking good though. Honey. Your boy's looking good. Oh, mate, tell you what, I've been... <laughs> so six I, goals in three games. It's, you can't ask for much more. And could have had four. Could have had four, yeah. I just think, um, like, I've, I've, look, I've been very bullish about Josh Honey pretty much from the day he walked through the doors of Icon Park. I just, um, you know, I just... He's one player, it's really weird. He's one of those players where you can just see, you can just see he's going to be good. Even at training, you just watch him at training and he does these little things that just oozes talent, oozes class. Um, you can just tell, and I saw it early, you know, I saw it in when he was playing VFL last year, pretty much from the first, well, not VFL, but the scrap games, whatever they were. From the first scrap game, the highlights I watched, I just thought, yeah, this guy's going to be a gun. Um, you know, you look at him and he's underage um, highlights, so I know he's only played four or five games now, but well, he's this, does he does he have? Do you think going forward, it's this is a, probably a, a premature question because he's still got to find his feet. But do you reckon he's got the ability to become play on the ball, or is he going to be? So I th- I look at Tom Papley. Okay, so I, I'll I, think so. I'll so my question was: Is it more of like a stay at home forward pocket like Papley, or is it more of a Dugowie stringer type of transition? No, no. So I think he's, I think he's definitely more of a Dugowie Stringer type player, but I think he's, I think well, Papley plays a little bit on ball, doesn't he? Has he? bursts. Well, that's what I think he's going to do. I think he's probably got the capabilities to play on ball eventually. Yeah. But I just see him as, I, I think he's going to be that good. I think his goal sense 
is what sets him apart. I think he's that good in the His forward. goal sense is great. I think he's that good inside 50 that no matter how good he's going to be in the midfield, it's just worth keeping him there because he's just going to kick goals. No, I agree. And, no, he, and he just creates something out of nothing exciting. very often. I just think, you know, to be that young and raw and walk into an absolute... Well, that's the thing. He's 19. Side, and to be able to just contribute regular goals, is it, it's very hard to develop that. So, I think the fact I mean, that... he was playing in the same position as Durden yesterday and he managed four scoring shots. Yeah. And I guess Betts didn't get near it either. So, you mm. know, no, it's, it's very impressive, to be honest. Yeah, no, I, I... I think that's, you know, very comforting to see someone like that, you know, take their chances at the back end of the year. Yeah. And it begs the question, because we've all been asking for it for the entire season. As in, where's he been? Well, where has he been? I mean, mate, it's ridiculous. It really is ridiculous. He's He should have been in earlier. He should have been in earlier. And it begs the question what could have been. I mean, he could have had a re- really impressive second half of the season and, you know been primed for a big preseason and a big 2022, you know, whilst he's played a couple of games now, you know, he's going to end the season only playing four games. That could have been eight or 10, you know, Mm. that could have really been eight or 10. That could have been the confidence and all that that he needed. But yeah, I mean, so then also the fact that he just would have been contributing more than some of our other players have. And it begs the question as well. So all of a sudden, you know, yesterday we have Betts, Honey and Durden running around. And Owies wasn't even in the 26. Well, I think it's so, bizarre, really. So, Owies has fallen off a little bit of a cliff the last month. And I guess, you know what? Betts' form has been pretty poor the last four weeks as well, since the, since the North Melbourne game, really. I, look, don't get me wrong. Very, very happy Durden got a crack. And I was very happy that we were actually able to see Durden. I mean, you know, we've been waiting and we've been wanting to see him. Um, so, I was very, very glad that he got into the team. But if I'm being totally honest, it makes no sense that he played instead of instead of Owies. Well, well, yeah. well, how does that make sense? I mean, Owies has proven at the level this year. Yeah, he's not in the team, and Durden, with all due respect to him, he hasn't exactly set the world on fire at VFL level. It wasn't like he was no. pushing. This I feel like this debut was sort of out of nowhere. It was a little bit, but he I hasn't guess, been in emergency is it, is all year. It, is it the same concept as Honey, where you know these guys are going to develop by playing in the ones? Well, I mean, Honey's been pushing. Honey actually, no, Honey actually deserved no, a spot and was an emergency right from yeah, pretty no, much round I, one. I don't mind seeing Durden play over Owies. The question was more primed as that, where's Owies at? Because all of a sudden, Owies was the clear number two in the pecking order, and he's probably going to enter 2022 at number four. Well, Durden's not ahead of him heading into next season. Probably not, but... Yeah, I know. It's a very interesting one to see where Owies is at. Um, but you know well, what? And it looks like Betts is going to retire. So now, you know, Betts will go 350 and out. So now, you know, the opportunity is there for Durden and Owies and Honey to really... Well, see, here's the question. Make their mark. Assuming we don't recruit any small forwards from other AFL teams, is Honey in the 22 round one next year? I, I think so. I, I'm I think at, so. I, I think he's comfortably in there. You know what? To be completely honest, slightly different players, I know. But, you know, Honey, Honey's contribution the last month has been better than Jack Martin's. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I see him in there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've lo- you know. You know, look, you know I love him, but I've, I've really loved his, his contribution in the last month. Let's move on. It's a good discussion, though, just sort of talking well, about those. Pockets. Uh, well, we've got options now. We've got, and, and we've got but, options. We, but this is what I've been saying the whole year. We've just... The fact we've got, like, I know we've got options, but it's like, are they good options? Do you get what I mean? Like, are these options? Well, I think Honey's a good option. I think Owies is a good option, and Dirt and the jury's out. They're it's just too- all look. They're, they're, all guys, so raw. they're all guys that have played, you know, let's say twelve or less games. Yeah. So it's still slim pickings compared to the standard we have to reach. Durden's nineteen. No, I know, I, mean, I know, he, I know. He, he, we got to give them time. Oh, for sure. Um, he did show. <clears throat> he did show. No, he's quick. He's he was quick. Very light on his feet. I actually do think our youngsters have shown a bit this year. The ones that have played, we haven't really had. We haven't really had any. Yeah, well, they were the second and third debutants of the year. Durden and Kemp. Yeah, yeah. Well, Park showed a bit when he was showed in. Showed a bit. Um, I reckon Parks is in trouble. <laughs> You've been on this for a while. Explain your reasoning here. So you reckon? And, and just 
remind me. I've got to ask you something after this, but yeah. explain I, I, your reasoning I actually why quite, he's in trouble. I thought he had a couple of really good games, Parks. Against Essendon, he was really good. Yeah. I just think with Parks that he's the type of player and you can slam me all you want because I actually didn't mind him at all, but he's the type of player who I just don't think is going to get better than where he's at at the moment. So, you think this is where he's at? This is what we're going to get for him for the next five years? Yeah. I really do. And I just think he's the like he's so interchangeable. And like we saw a couple of games against Greater Western Sydney. He was... They went right through him and he was really bad. And there was another game a couple of weeks before that. It might have been against... Maybe Melbourne. Maybe Melbourne in the West. Who did we play the week after Essendon? Round eight. We lost to Bulldogs. Other Bulldogs, yeah. But I don't know. I just think Park, he's out of contract. I don't know. I just think, I reckon he's one of those 50-50 calls at the end of the year. So, if it was me, me, I'd I'd keep him. I've just got a funny feeling about him. I've just got a funny feeling about it. So, you reckon he's the type of player where the writing's on the wall and they might just say, you know what? It's stiff, but we don't think he's capable of improving. And, you know, we've seen what, you know, he's capable of and let's find someone else yeah that's your that's your thoughts yes because if he was because if they thought he if they rated him he'd be playing every week it's a a really interesting it's you're right i mean it's really interesting because we've been crying out for someone in that position i think if he was senior listed i'd agree with you but he's a rookie i i just think it's worth you know it's pretty stiff on him it's so stiff I, 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 i might be i might be this is just it's just my gut feel of what the club will do um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Because even though, you know, we've now got to look at it from the perspective of a new coach is coming in. And he just might say, oh, Parks, Gibbons, Nunes, Deadwood on the list, out of contract, no need. Hmm. Look, it's a very, it's a very, uh, you make a compelling case. I'm not saying this and isn't very, what, this isn't what I ne- this isn't what I necessarily want either. It's just my gut no, feel. I know this is just your your thoughts, but um, yeah. Well, it's it's, it's funny because you know Nunes would also be stiff. He's I don't think he's he's barely missed a game since coming no, to the and club. I, and, I think- and Gibbons has never missed a game since coming to the club. He's never when fit. When he's when he's fit, he's never not played. He's never played VFL for the Northern Blues. Whenever he's fit, he plays. So, you know, it, it's these would be three guys who you could make a case for either way, but, you know, you can't help but feel they'd be stiff. Um, but let's quickly, I just want to ask you about Zach Fisher because um, he played more on ball yesterday and it, we were speaking about our forward pockets. I actually don't think there's any need to play Fisher in the forward half anymore. I think it's clear now that, you know, Honey's a better option f- uh, forward of the ball uh, I think Betts and Oe's are better options. All, all three of those have hit the scoreboard more than Fisher has been able to. I, I still don't think Fisher impacts enough on the ball. He has so a couple of I'm really nice right? handballs out the back when he's at the defensive side of the stoppage and he releases, you know, a halfback flanker. But I just think with Fisher, it's still a lot of nothing. He's busy doing nothing a lot of the time. So I was going to say, I mean, is it for me, it's gotten to a point where you play him in the midfield or he doesn't play or maybe as a flanker. Maybe yeah. he's a flanker, but, you know, I look at him, he had 17 yesterday at 80%, six score involvement, seven tackles, four clearances. I actually think it was one of his better performances for the year. I I saw, you know you know what? I was looking at him yesterday and I can sort of understand what you mean when you say he get, he's, he's busy doing nothing, but is that not the case with a lot of our players? Well, yeah, which is why we are where we're at. Correct, but it's like, you know, he, he's not the only culprit. Oh, no, no, no. There are so many players. No, there's never just one culprit. So, yeah. Um, just thought I'd but he's bring got a, Fisher up. I think he'll beat the club next year, Fisher. But, boy. Well, it's a big year for him, boy. 2022. It's a massive year for him, you know? He's going to be going into his sixth year of football. His sixth year, Bob. Like, that is, you know, get a move on. Uh, you know, you're in your sixth year. You're 24 years old next year. Like, this is... It's time, you know. That is time to start. You should be you should be starting to enter the peak of your career. Oh, for sure. So he's got to get a move on. Um, thought okay. Thoughts on O'Brien yesterday because this was probably one of his better games for the club as well. You know, he's only played uh, 30, 40 odd games. 
Yeah, I, I didn't think much of it. He turned the ball over a bit. I don't know. I, you reckon? So he had he had nineteen disposals, sixteen effective. So he went at eighty five percent, six score involvements as well from his nineteen. He yeah. had six marks and a couple of clearances, couple of inside fifties. So he's you know, it's just tricky. It was tricky to for everyone yesterday. I really. thought I thought the delivery to O'Brien was awful. I oh. I, I I counted three or four times where they were hitting him up, and he it was just above his head. I mean, yeah. he had to, and he caught, he clunked a couple of them, but he he just had to do so much more than he should have needed to. It was who? It was that one when Plowman inside the back pocket kicked it to. I think it was O'Brien. He just got simply outmarked, and they kicked a goal court Adelaide. Mm. Was that O'Brien? Maybe can't Newman. Remember it. I can't Maybe remember it. To it. Newman. Wouldn't surprise me with either of those. But uh, yeah, no. So, so you you didn't think much of his game? Not a game to get me that excited about. No, I'm it's not, not a game that's going to sway me to think that he's going to be there or not be there next season. So, do you think he'll be there, or will he not be there next year? New coach is good for him. New coach is good for O'Brien. You reckon because, it's good for him? Yeah, I do. Because, well, Teague hasn't well, been playing him. Well, we're speaking about a new coach. <laughs> I mean, oh, he's we, still we're, there. We're intelligent people. We can see the writings on the wall. As in. <laughs> Come on. Well, who's... Uh, Dave is a... Dave looks like a nice bloke. He's just not a nice coach. Teague's uh, not going to be... Let's be realistic. Teague's not going to be coaching next year. The reviews come in. The general consensus is the coach will be moved on along with other personnel. And yesterday's result <laughs> didn't do him any favours. Not that even... I don't even think a win would have done him any favours with his job. But, you know, yesterday, just it's now an easy decision off the back of that. We'll get back to this discussion later in the show. But I think someone new coming in will maybe look at O'Brien and, and maybe feel like that's someone I can tap into a bit and, you know, that's someone, you know, I'll take under my wing for a year. And Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe a fresh set of eyes for O'Brien. He'll be his third coach already. Mm. Third coach in five years. I mean, that is just ridiculous. So, we're born in 1998. We've seen nine coaches. This is, is the it? ninth coming oh. up, including Johnny Barker. That's one of no, them. Every- we should. We should. We're speaking as if it's done. Oh, <laughs> it's it's not it's not done yet, Bolt. I still think there is a chance he coaches us. I still think there's a chance. If Clarkson's not available, I don't think we should get rid of Teague. I think we should. But you know, revamp thi- the coaches' box know, around you, him. But you know my theory on this. Anyone that isn't David Teague is a sizable upgrade in terms of tactical nows, in terms of just in terms of just all round coaching. We're tactically inept right now as a footy team. There's no Carlton brand. There's no ability to defend. You know, every time we lose, it's just straight it's root one up the middle from the opposition. I I, I feel like David Teague is just the victim of I, I David Teague I don't think David Teague's a good coach, but he's definitely the victim of being in a really poor environment with not a lot of support around him. But I just think at the end of the day, he's just not a good coach. Well, here's my little take on this. The, I think I think he's been set up to fail, mate. The club have appointed him. Yeah, they appointed the wrong bloke, which is why we've got to get rid of that bloke. So they've appointed him. And I just think, you know, there's no... what um, What was Andrew McKay? What was his title? General Manager of Footy Ops. Is that now Brad, Brad Lloyd? Lloyd? Yeah, so he's, you know, he's obviously, he's toast. Like, yeah, he's gone. Like, you'd think he's toast. Um, there's no, what, what's that role that they keep saying we don't have? Is it the head of footy department or the That's Brad direct, Lloyd. That's Brad director Lloyd. of footy? There's no director of football. Well, that was kind of juddy, wasn't it? Well, yes, there's no director of footy. But he's not there. So, so, so we don't have a director of footy. The support fatigue is not there. I mean, you know, we need more assistance. We need, you know, Nick Rewalt. I'm going to get this up. This is what Nick Rewalt said about the situation during the week on On the Couch on Fox Footy. And I actually really, uh, I didn't mind this take. I didn't mind this take. Let me get it up. So this was. But do you not understand? Like, uh, Like, David Teague. We like we just appointed the wrong bloke. We appointed literally the assistant coach of Brendan Bolton. Uh, like 
when David Teague became the interim coach, no one gave him a genuine crack at being the senior coach. I get what you're saying, but l- let me just play this from Nick Rewalt. This was Nick Rewalt okay. on, on the couch. The uncertainty is, is club-wide at, at Carlton, and it has to be because oh, I'm not sure Dave, David Teague's been given a chance, really, like a, a genuine chance. When you consider inherited all the assistant coaches, so, so none of those changed when the senior coach changed. Um, he's, he's had COVID-interrupted seasons. Footy directors just packed up and left. Like, you talk about setting a bloke up to fail. If this is indeed what's, what, the way it's going to play how, out. How much you- the, the uncertainty is... is- I agree, but once again, I agree. This I agree. The environment that's been around Teague hasn't been adequate, but I also, in the same breath, don't think he can coach. Do you know what I mean? I, th- I don't think David so, Teague would be. I don't think David Teague would be a good coach in a good environment either. No, I get what you're saying. So you basically just think full stop. He can't coach no yeah, matter what. The- I think he's tactically inept. Okay, so that's your uh, look. My opinion is that may be the case. But he's been absolutely failed by Carlton. We for have, sure. We have oh, for sure. His coaching as in, career. Yeah, no, no. The, the club's at fault as well. We know that. The club needs a revamp itself in the footy department. And, you know, that. I guess that if we can touch on this, but at a fitness level as well, or injury management well, what, level. What, the f- what is going on? This just really annoys me. Because, and, you know... I've got absolutely no idea what happens within the four walls of the football club, so I just can't comment. But in terms of my opinion, I'm looking at our injury list and just going, well, hang on a second. There's no way that this is just unlucky. You know, you can get unlucky and then you can have 16 players on your injury list. You know, that's not unlucky. There's something not right there. And I don't think that's necessarily, you know, people are very quick to go, oh, Andrew Russell, Andrew Russell. I don't think it's necessarily Andrew Russell's fault. Well, the, think, players have to, the players have to hold up their end of the bargain well, correct. as well. I think this is clearly... You know, if this was Andrew Russell's fault, you know, you've also got to look at the players' fault. You know, I'm laughing. You've got, to, you've got to look at the players who are getting injured. You know, it's the same ones. It's the same ones all year. They're the same... They're repeat offenders, mate. It's the same guys. You know, and this is, you know... You know, has Sam Walsh been injured this year? No. 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 And he, you know, you'd expect him to be working as hard as he possibly can, doing all the right things, going to rehab. Has Weedering gotten injured? No. Has H gotten injured? Yes, but not the same type of injury, not a soft tissue injury. He's done a shoulder, which happened during a match. Okay, you look at the other guys who have just had stupid soft tissue injuries. And, you know, I'm not naming names because there could be legit... They're probably legitimate injuries. Of course they're legitimate injuries. No, but I'm saying that... There's diligence. They're probably injuries which, you know, would have happened if they were... Oh, let's be honest. Zach Williams has gone in and out four times with soft tissue and he aggravated again this week. Look, there you can't have a go at a player for being injured. Oh, no, no, I'm not. But, 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 no, no, no. But what I'm saying is, this is what I'll say. I'd love to see... No, we're not idiots. We know... We know... I'd love to see what the injury list would look like if every single player on the list went to every single rehab session, did everything right. You know, I've seen people absolutely slaughtering Andrew Russell on Twitter. You know, I think we need to open our eyes a little bit. This goes deeper than Andrew Russell. Um, this is a, this is this is play. This is a lack of leadership. You know, there there could be something. You know, that Andrew Russell possibly isn't doing right. Maybe, but. I think this is more players aren't fully doing everything that they possibly could. Do we think there's... You know, Zach Williams as well. Well, how was his preseason? Was he injured during the preseason? No. Okay, I was going to say, maybe if you have an injury-riddled preseason, you know, you come in and your body... Do we think there's complete player buy-in at the club right now? No, well, mate, well, if there was complete player buy-in, we wouldn't have lost... Yesterday alone. Yesterday yeah. alone, you don't lose by 95. Because... You can talk about all of our injuries. We still had Weedering and Walsh out there. We still had Charlie Kerner. We had good players out there yesterday. Like we had Adam Saad. Yeah. We had Mark Murphy. You know, we get, our, you know, you talk about yesterday's team. Oh, and it was a depleted team. It was an absolutely depleted team. But the fact of the matter is, it just shows we're nowhere near it because the depth is nowhere near it. You know, it's it's ridiculous. And you can talk about our depth. Well, people would be happy to say, you know, Honey's one of those depth players, but he was one of our better players on the day. Durden tried, Kemp tried. The issue is coming from some of our passengers who just get a game every week. So, 
Okay, so... So, uh, going back to that injury discussion, you know, I just think it's obvious. You're right. There's there's no complete buy-in. Oh, no, there definitely is. There's players who are... Going through the motions. Yeah, there's players who are completely bought in. There's a lot who clearly haven't. You know, clearly. Clearly. And I think it's concerning, you know. You look at yesterday. If I'll put it to you this way. If you're a fit player on our list and you didn't play yesterday, you're in a world of trouble. I'm not naming names. I think the names are obvious. But if you're fit and you couldn't even crack into yesterday's side where... What is the sub count as the side? Who was the sub? Petrescu Seedon. Oh, Petrescu. Yeah, well, I mean... Yeah. So, I want to speak about Charlie Curnow. Because you know I've always been pretty hot on him playing on the ball. Yeah. Rather than... Cause I, I, I still, to this day, don't think he's a centre-half forward. I, I, I don't think he's got... I, I, can, I can sort of see what you're saying. I don't think he's got very good... And don't yell at me, people. <laughs> I don't think he's got very good forward craft. And what I mean by that is Charlie Curnow, I don't think he's a lead-up forward. He's very reliant on the ball getting out the back. He's he's not very good one-on-one. He's He only operates in space. And I just think Charlie Kerno. this would be better for player. And because there's obviously a player there. As in, I'm not, you know, disagreeing with that. There's clearly a player there with Charlie Kerno. But I think it would be more beneficial for our team and for him on the ball. We saw the Stringer transition. We've seen the Dugowie transition. Like, he'd be bursting out of clearance. I just think it'd make us more dynamic, and I think it'd better suit him. I really do. I, I really think he just la- he gets under the ball a lot. I just think his forward craft isn't there to be, you know, he's, he's going to cause damage playing as a centre-half forward, but he's not going to be a world-beater playing at centre-half forward. You know, Mackay, you know, Mackay is obviously, we know how good Mackay is. And if you look at, let's say, Hawkins and Cameron, Mackay has reached that level. I don't think Charlie Curnow is going to reach that level playing as a centre. And I'm not just saying, you know, I've been on this for a couple of years. Uh, you've this been isn't, on this this since, isn't just the last three weeks thing. I reckon you've been on this since his third year. Yes. Or maybe his second and year. I'm, and I'm so confident that it, it's worth having a crack. Charlie Curnow on the ball. And I think it would, you know... And I didn't like how against Gold Coast, he was the stay-at-home forward and Mackay was up the ground. I think it's just better for a team and player. And I think it would... You know, McGovern was clunking it a bit yesterday as well. You know, McGovern tried... You know, his kicking was dreadful, but he at least, you know, presents it a little bit. And I know Kerno had a really tough matchup in Alir. I know. And I think there's a player in Kerno. I think he'd make a half-decent centre-half forward, but I think he'd be a f- completely decent midfielder. So you reckon he could be an A-grade midfielder? I, I just think he'd just have way more impact on the game. Playing on the ball. Okay. That's a really interesting... We'll do it. We'll do a poll. But, but, we'll do a poll. But, That'll be interesting. But with Kerno, do you not think it just gives us another dynamic that we don't have on the in the midfield? Well, yeah, it just changes our midfield. Mate, we're crying out for midfielders. Crying out for them. I, I think we've got one there. We just haven't tapped into it. Okay, well, it's interesting. It's really... Well, let's see. I mean... it's You feel like someone like Clarko would do... I'm thinking of what he did with Ruffy. Yeah, yeah. Ruffett played on the ball for that entire season. It was fabulous. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, Richo played on the wing. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. Nick Rewald's done it. There's nothing wrong with it at all. I, I, I really think... But I want him at stoppages. I really yeah, Nick think... Nick Rewald was awesome as well. Yeah, I, I seriously want him playing on the ball. Okay, that's interesting. I like it. I like it. Let's get that Let's get that uh, floating around on, on Twitter. Um... So we look. So you know, let's keep on analysing. Um, what was I gonna? I was gonna ask you a question. I can't really remember what it was, but um, let's talk about who haven't we spoken about from so yesterday? We know Murphy's done, and it looks like Betts is done. Is Casbolt retiring? You'd imagine. I mean, I look. It's. You know, a guy who's played 100 games for the footy club, however many he's played. I think over 150 now. Has he played 150, Casbolt? I'd be closer to that than 100. Mm, maybe 141, 131 maybe, something like that, I think. Um, well, it's tough because you don't, you know, I, I think he's gone. I think he'll retire. Uh, but at the same time, you just, 
You never know. Yeah, he's played 146 games for us. Levi, so... Yeah, he's around the 150 mark. You know, it's it's tough. Uh, what do you think? I mean, I, I would think he's gone, but I just... You know, I'm th- from my point of view and the club's point of view, it's different. I, I think this is a play the club might give another year to. It wouldn't be my favourite decision if you played on. <laughs> oh, come on. Enough's enough. Enough is enough. Got to pull the pin at some point. Yeah, so let, let's... Let's talk about this. So, Murphy and Bet Well, Betts... Is that official that Betts is... Where did you see that? Um, it was reported on Triple M on Friday, and now 5AA Radio in Adelaide have officially gone with it. That he will retire? Yeah. Okay. So, from Radio Reports... Oh, is that Eddie there? Um, yeah. Now, Superfooty's gone with it as well. Carlson Superstar. Eddie Betts is set to play his 350th and final AFL game against Greater Western Sydney. Okay. But so- it says here... Bets and Blues make call. I feel like that decision would have been in his hands, though. Yeah. You hope it was. Um, so, Eddie, well, he, he was on the rookie list. Yes. So, you look at senior listed players, right? Let's talk about who's uncontracted, because out of contract for next year. Because um, this is going to be really interesting. So, so, who do you think goes, Bolt? Um, Let's analyze this list here and and talk about how we go, you know, moving forward. So you look at our out of contract players, right? Um, trying to. It's hard to know without knowing. Trying to find the list. It's hard to know without knowing what's happening around the club, though. But even someone like I got it. Sorry, who were you going to say? So like, what do you like? What happens with someone like Sam Ramsey, for instance, who's played two years now without getting a game? Well, I think. I think Sam Ramsey should get another year because he's very just close. Angus Schumacher, Angus Schumacher vibes. I know he played a game, but you get the sense that he's going to fall into that basket. Well, it depends. I mean, this is a guy who we can't judge because we actually no, I've got seen, no idea. I've seen him a lot at VFL level this year, and I like what I see at VFL level. You know, there's been games where he's clearly looked to class above, but at the same time, you know, look at the squad now. You know, he's one of those guys. You know, if you're not playing. Uh, I, I think it's stiff, to be honest, that Durden got a crack before him because I think Ramsey's certainly been ahead all year, ahead of Durden. Um, Positional-wise, though, you know, that may have been a requirement yesterday. We needed the small forward. I don't know. Yep. But look, you look at you look at our out-of-contract players. So Eddie Betts, we, you know, he's going to retire from what we've heard this morning. So Betts, Murphy, gone. One rookie, one senior list. Casbolt, I mean, we're going to speculate that he's not going to go on. That's two senior listed players. Um, Matt Cottrell. I mean, this Tight. is... For me, you know, for me, I'm not giving him another contract personally. No, nah, Teague leaving doesn't do him any favours either. No. Uh, Jordan Boyd, all we don't know there. It's, it's impossible to call. Um, Michael Gibbons, well, <laughs> another tough one. These are all hard calls. Josh Honey, well, he'll get another contract. Matt Kennedy, you'd imagine he'll now get upgraded to the senior list. For so sure. he'll take Murphy's spot on the senior list. Newman, O'Brien, Petrovsky, Seaton, Pitonet, Ramsey. Has Silvani re-signed? Not officially. Not officially, but he'll be right. Uh, Oes. So, oh, I think, Oscar you know, McDonald. Petrovsky, Seaton's probably got one foot out the door. You know, they look to trade him. Yeah. Um, to trade him. Hmm. If Cheras, Carlton bound, Petrovsky Seedens, Fremantle bound. Doesn't take an Einstein to figure that out, I reckon. Hmm. Um, that's if they want him, I guess. Um, the other interesting one on that list, and Nunes will be very interesting. Nunes will be tight. Hmm. It would be stiff, but I, I, I understand. I understand going either way with guys like Nunes and Gibbons and Parks and Cottrell and Newman. And New, well, Newman will be New, right. I think Newman's... Sorry, I meant Newman. Newman's safe, I think. Newman's safe. Hasn't set the world on fire, though, this year, but he'll be fine. Um, O'Brien is going to be very interesting. It's almost a bit of a, the O'Brien decision. I don't want to sound like a drama queen here. I don't want to sound like I'm exaggerating the situation, but it almost like gives you a hint at which direction the club's going with what they do with O'Brien. 
in terms of list management, like how mm. that how is the new footy department going to approach this list with what they do with O'Brien? Do they back themselves in to turn this guy around, a top 10 draft pick, or is it just, you know, he's too far gone? Do you get what I mean? Well, this is the thing. It's a bit of a line in the sand you list know, management call. If you bring in a new footy department and they get rid of O'Brien, you know, that's a that's that's a stern warning to the playing list. You know? It is, it is. That's setting an example. Mm. Do you reckon he'd get picked up elsewhere? Yeah. He'd probably have to be one of the, the earliest top 10 picks to get delisted. Yeah. In four, four years. Four years. It's a lot of years. That's 88 potential games. That's a lot of games. Yeah. And given that he's only played, what, five in the last two years or something like that. Yeah. It'll be tight. Um... But yeah, you're right. Like Sam Ramsey, it's a tough call. You're right. There's some really tough calls here. There are. Um, well, players from other clubs. Lipinski, we've spoken about, you know, possibly giving up a third rounder for him, you'd think. Yep. That's someone you'd be interested in. Yep. Chera, obviously, yep. probably looking at a first rounder. And and George Hewitt. So they're three guys that can add to the midfield group. Yeah. But it's not. it's still not going to... I don't know. They would contribute, I feel. You know, you know who else is in the... Boy, has Lockie Fogarty found himself on the outside. Just quickly, Fox Footy have just uh, gone with it. Eddie Betts to retire at the end of the season. Um, Fox Footy, the AFL's most loved player, is set to hang up the boots. After he was officially voted night, that as well so. from the AFL fan survey. Yeah. Gee, really is the end of an era. It's sad. I'd love to see Eddie go on. Um... Yeah, and I think the fixture's out for next week as well. And it looks like we have the middle Sunday game. Fabulous. <laughs> um, but you know what, Bets, you know what? And I think, I don't think I appreciated it at the time, but I think you can appreciate now after these last two years how nice it was to kind of have him back for a last spell. Yeah, yeah, it really was. It really was. And you know what? He kicked Because he left very... Abruptly, and I, and I know it wasn't, you know, he's, I can't blame him for leaving, you know. You go set up your family in Adelaide or whatnot, and he played his best footy at Adelaide. He was, a, you know, three-time All-Australian there. He kicked 75 goals in a year there, one year. Yeah. Um, he was, uh, but, you know, I think I think it was very nice to see him back at Carlton for a couple of years. It was. Yeah. No, and I, I think he had a pretty good year. So, it, it's, you know, I don't think he, he didn't leave as a liability, which is a great thing as well. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Um, yeah, no, you're right. I, you know, you can't fault Eddie. You know, he's been he's been marvellous. Um, Bolt, Twitter questions. Yep. Let's get on to them. This is going to be... Uh, this could go either way, really. <laughs> we should do like a Blues footy after hours for all the X-rated questions we get here. <laughs> Don't mind that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's some angry people. Um, I like angry though. All right, let's start off. Navy Blue Baggers says, "You know what? I don't care what anyone says. I want Teague there next season. I want him there with assistants that know that knows what they're doing. I want him there with a good board and with a good football director." But wouldn't you rather bringing, a senior coach that knows what he's doing? Bringing bringing in Clarko won't fix anything. We have tried this already. Yeah, I've, I've, to be honest, I can't make a case for backing David Teague in, to be honest. The next one from Rob A says, I really need to ask and also know, was any plan to maybe sit back and defend hard for a quarter and wear them out a little ever a plan after they kicked 10? Or was it just always go for it, boys, and let them kick 19 straight up? Well, yeah, they, they should have timed it up just to stem the bleeding a little. They just couldn't. We couldn't get our hands on the footy. Mm. Couldn't get our hands on the ball. Jeez, a lot of... It's a lot of Andrew Russell-related questions. Well, which it's is, just, it was a big week on the injury front. And it's and, just and the final straw. He's the scapegoat, but it's stiff. You know, it's, it's stiff. Um, Solution says, we clearly show... We need one. <laughs> 
We clearly show that we can play really good patches of footy against any team. Is the issue that our best is too dependent on how the opposition plays? A lack of pressure. And we have no system methodology that we can counteract it with. It's not the worst call. Yeah, I, I think but our I think performances it's, are, you well, know. It's currently, clearly true. Yep. Clearly true. Uh, Damien Birmingham says, I am just so sad. I feel fatigued. We had so many missing. Port had a full list. We were always going to lose, but 19 goals to zero is gutting. It's inexcusable at any level. Not sure where to from here. A complete reset reset club-wide next year for starters. And I spoke about, you know, I spoke about this with you last night. You know, why is it that at Carlson, unlike a lot of other clubs, that every time we feel we're not in the position to win a premiership, we have to bottom out. I, I, well, in this case, we're not going to bottom well, out. Well, we shouldn't. We shouldn't. We shouldn't. And we won't because we've still got some really good... We've got some superstars on each line still. But I just think there's like, a, there's like a myth in footy that you have to bottom out to become good again. And that shouldn't be the case right now. This is a really low spot. This is a, 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 We're in a very dark place. But, yeah, who knows? Thomas Lusk says it's clear that we have to clean the house with assistants and board members. But do we keep Teague if we can't get Clarko? Personally, I say yes, only if Teague gets a proper team around him. The only spanner in the works is potentially getting Brad Scott thoughts. So, Brad Scott, what are your thoughts? I I don't know, but you know my opinion. I still think anyone that isn't David Teague is an upgrade on David Teague. As in, we... we, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. This might ruffle some feathers, but... We say, you know, we need some good assistance around David Teague. What if we had a good senior coach around the assistants? Oh, you know, look, the, the assistants, you know what I mean? the assistants like, have been the same throughout all these coaches. I agree, but David Teague was there for Bolton as well. David Teague's part of that little crew. No, I know. I know. Look, I think... I'm struggling to justify any means of backing of keeping David Teague at the helm. Peter Shadwick says, One could be forgiven f- for thinking the playing group want Teague gone. Port Adelaide have had harder intra-club games at training. <laughs> Wasn't Probably. Many. There, were, there weren't many having a fair dinkum go. Ah, it was disgusting. Um, JD says, I would have loved to see all those outs in, but without Murphy, Levi, Betts, McGovern, Honey, Dirt and Kemp, etc. Why have we not played the young ones earlier? This may be why we have a new coach. Hmm. Mm. So what's he saying there? Um, I think he's saying he wants to see them all a bit earlier. I know, but you know we we can't be throwing in the towel early in the season when the games are still live and just playing young kids for the sake of playing young kids. But I hear it. I definitely agree with Honey. He was banging the door down. He should have come in earlier. Yeah. Uh, Resilia7 says, Do you really believe the club will sack Teague and go after Clarko? It is safe to say I have zero confidence in that happening beyond... Oh, they'll, 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 def- the they'll, they'll definitely go after Clarkson. There's no doubt about that. Uh, they'd be remiss. Not, they definitely will. They'll definitely ask the question whether he wants to coach or not. It's a different story. Mm. Jeremy Cruz says, We have the spine if they can get fit over summer, but boy, do we need to move on the old and bring in the new. Yep, that we do. Danny Frigerio says, this feels like rock bottom. I think it probably does. It was a low night. Uh, Justin Weir says, um, (laughs) wants to know if David Teague is still the coach. Lechdog says, do I have to write a question? (laughs) Not really. Thank you, (laughs) Lechdog. Craig Bigham says, should Teague resign? I mean, look, this is, you know, the, the thing is, there's so many Teague-related questions here, and there's so many Clarkson-related questions. I mean, at the end of the day, the players, you know, the players went well, out they, there and played yesterday. They were, they were terrible. They were terrible. And is Ezra at Ezra nineteen seventy one says big effort for Murphy's three hundredth and last game. What an absolute disgrace! Disgrace. Uh, Tracy Reed, how does this club send Murph out in this way? It's beyond disgraceful. The man has given his blood, sweat, and tears. Our next coach will have so much to work to re so much work to rebuild this team back up. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's a mission. Talbot Henry says Durden showed some promise. He did. Honey was solid too. He was probably not the best game for Kemp to debut. But thoughts on those three? 
The win over St Kilda shows the value of straight kicking. We had plenty of chances For today, sure. especially early, and we should have been 15-5. Super frustrating. Super frustrating. Uh, yes, our thoughts on those three. I think we said, you know, we they were no, all, they yeah. were all pa- pass marks, and without being amazing, you know, they weren't. They didn't fail. They didn't fail. No. Probably Honey, Dirt, and Kemp. My pecking order on the day. Yep. Um. <laughs> There's a couple of ones we're not going to read out here. Um. Do the players respect the fans? That one's from the unvarnished one. That is a great question. Well, I tweeted yesterday in the morning about how I feel there's such a disconnect and a non-alignment between club level and fan level at the moment at the Carlton Football Club. And I and I, and I I left that tweet with a statement saying, you know, we have to be t- treated as, you know, as fans and assets of this club rather than pure revenue on their balance sheets. And I just feel that there's just that connection. You know, it's very hard to have a genuine connection with this club at the moment because we're treated like second-class citizens. We're kept in the dark about a lot of things, you know, on the injury front especially. I, I just feel like... I just feel like as a paid-up member of this club for so long and as such a keen observer, a, a keen observer, there's a lot of things where the club just lack. And, you know, and you know, like I, I'm a season ticket holder at Melbourne Victory and I go to the victory. Well, well, just talk to us about this. So, Can we compare? So I'm 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 not a season ticket holder anywhere else other than Carlton. I'm a member at Carlton. I'm a member member of Tottenham in England, but I don't go there and I don't watch their matches live. Obviously on the TV, yes, but not in the flesh. So to tell us, Melbourne Victory, you remember what are the differences, and do you feel more connected? Oh, so and I know it's a different scale of organisation, but you know Melbourne Victory. And I go every single week to the victory, home and away. And the club knows the importance of keeping the members happy. And Melbourne Victory have been as bad as Carlton the last two years, if not worse. Bottom and second bottom the last two years. But just little things like there was a season where I attended every single home game, got a phone call from membership saying, thank you so much for your support. Free merchandise for you, basically. You know, I go on the away games. What did you get? Oh, shorts. Nice pair of victory shorts. They're white and they're a little bit see-through, so they're not the best shorts. <laughs> <laughs> they're not Did the you best. get to pick that or they just gave Yeah, they gave me like options of what I wanted. Okay, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And then like, you know, I go on the away, I do the away games, you know. They, you know, the staff at Victory know me by face because I go, you know. Yeah. The, the, you know, I get free tickets for a lot of the away games. There's just little things like membership services are really easy, really nice. You know, I can I get to pick who I want to sit with in the stands. I know it's a different scale of organisation, but you feel a connection with the club. You feel like going to Amy Park. It's kind of like you're seeing your football family a little bit. You just feel connected to the play. The players always come up to you after the game. They'll sometimes know you by face. You know, you're not like a complete stranger to them. Yeah. Here, you just feel like a distant just so distant to the club level, I feel. I feel like there's a, a real bridge that's been... Um, what's the word? I, there's, a, this, there's just a massive bridge that's been built between club and fan level at Carlson at the moment. I think, and I think a lot of fans would feel a little bit, you know, disgruntled with, you know, how they're seen amongst... The, we're a number. We're a number at the Carlton Footy Club. At Melbourne Victory, you're a valued supporter. And I can only compare it to Melbourne Victory because I go there as well in the summer. But it's just frustrating. Do you feel as if... Um, do you feel as if the club's quite concerned about their image and tries maybe to to show us the good and a bit scared to show us the bad? 100%. They don't want to be the bearers of bad news because we've had bad news for the best part of 20 years. So 100%. It's a, tough, it's a tough position to be in. It's a tough position. If you're up front, you know, it's just... I don't know. I just think the access we get to the club it's, it's very is very tough limited. It's very dealing with such a disgruntled supporter base. Very tough. Very that's, tough. That's what I'll say. I think they've got a bloody but hard I, I, job. I look at what Melbourne Victory's done this off-season and, you know, you get... You know, very disgruntled as well the last two years. You know, we're contending every season and we've been an absolute shadow of what we've ever been. And, you know, the club's been so upfront with, you know, 
get, giving back to the fans. All home games are now at Amy Park after fans have forever complained in fan surveys about playing at Marvel. New manager, new signings. Com, you know, the the club sold Melbourne Victory sold some of its shares back to the fans. Just little things like this go a long way. Okay. You know, I, I think Melbourne Victory are trying to deviate from the corporate, you know, level of running a sporting club. Whereas Carlson, it's a business right now. And it's reflective in on-field. Because at the moment, it seems secondary from board level. Mm. Uh, Jordan Wilkes, we'll go back to the Twitter question, says, has there been a more gutless performance in the last 10 years to make it worse? It was in the 300th and last game of a club legend who stuck fat with the club during its darkest times. Yeah, I I feel sick for him. I really do. Um, I hurt for Murphy right now. Yeah. I really do. Disaster. Disaster. Andrew Draper. Nice seeing Bryce Gibbs in the stands. Was he in? I didn't even see him. Yeah, he was there at the race at the end of the game. That's awesome. Andrew Draper says, why don't we make any moves? It's consistent that the big teams get a run on us. Why not get Levi behind the ball? Yeah, I, I don't know. Um... Arthur OB says, I thought Tom DeConning was a shining light on a dark, bleak day. He did work he hard. He ran both ways all game, was competitive forward and tackled and chased down back. His main issue is his light frame in the ruck. It's a major he, issue. He gets pushed off it, but this is going to change. I remember he's a super... I reckon he's a super exciting long-term prospect. He is exciting, but yeah, from where he's at at the moment, he does get scored in the ruck. Yep. Uh... It's a tough one to address as well with DeConning because if you're bringing a more senior Ruckman, then it takes time away from him. It's a really hard balancing act right now because mm. we are getting slaughtered in the Ruck itself. But he is competent around the ground at least. So, Dubsy says, the players aren't respectful to us members, but yeah, let's protect them. Um. Mm. John Connell says, when the outs for this week are Harry, Paddy, Jasos, Jack Martin and Liam oh. Jones, do we expect a different result? No, as in, I don't think anyone expected to get four points yesterday. No one would have gone in optimistic about a win. But no one should ever have to sit through that. Mm. Michael Potenza says, our inability to understand what to do when we don't have the ball oh, it's is, is our greatest challenge. What do you our, think? No, I completely agree. Completely. Good tweet. I like that one. Um, let's, uh, let's end the Twitter questions there. I think that uh, it was a clear theme. Andrew Russell, you know, blue baggers, if you're tuning in, you can read through, them. you can go to our page on Twitter. You can read through the Twitter questions, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's pretty bleak and there's a pattern, but, uh, look, Bolt, what can we, what can we say? You know, not a lot. There's not much we can say. Um, for next week, what changes? <laughs> or is that the furthest thing from your mind? Yeah, I've got no idea. <laughs> um, all right, I'll rephrase the question. I'm going to ask you a couple it's just of questions. A, it's a selection, Mary. Go round. You can answer these in one word only. Who? Oh, no. You can answer this in more than one word. Who is it a big game for next week? Lockie O'Brien? Yep. But I hate the f- the concept of like someone being safe or unsafe off the back of four quarters. So like, if they've made a decision on O'Brien, it should be made rather than based off one game. But it is still... Look, it's a big... He'd want to end well, O'Brien. Um, who else? Oh, probably Nunes. Those guys that we've touched on. Those floaters. The next question is... Would you play Ramsey next week? Or is that just now getting just well, too raw? Well, there's no hard? harm in it, I guess. There's no harm, but yeah. Um, doesn't, it doesn't bother me either way. Do you think... Yeah. Do you think Levi will retire this week? It's hard to do it when Betts has now done it. You don't want to, mm. you know. He'd, he'd, no, you wouldn't want to take that limelight. And you know what? I reckon Levi. He's he's he is a great club man. 
No, he won't I, do it to I, bits. I, I honestly reckon he's the type of guy who will announce it after the game. Probably. Probably. Have we covered everything, Bob? I think so. That was, yeah, it was a grim weekend. It was. I mean, we had to do it. Um, let's just let's just hope we can show a little bit more next week. So is, is Cripps out for the year or will he come they back? I didn't in? say either way. Yeah. I think Martin's out for the year. Yeah. Silvani. Yeah. Uh, Silvani went in for surgery. Mackay. Williams, Mackay, Jones. Oi. Oi. Well, let's just hope we can uh, end the season in better fashion than we did yesterday. Hopefully. Bolt, thank you very much. No worries. Blue baggers, thank you for tuning in. Tell you what, go get yourself a beer, put the feet up, relax. If you've made it to the end of this, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, honestly. But uh, yes, we'll be back to do it all again next week. Bolt, thank you. We'll see you next week. Against the famous old dark moon.